Kent Anderson, 11.40 a.m. session, Rural Compassion, Progress, and Encouragement. I'm pretty proud of myself, but I had to write it down. So anyway, all right, this is it. Now, for the most part, and if you're here and you haven't went through the training in the fall, don't leave. But part of this session really is for those who are a part of that training in the fall, because we're going to talk about things, and you're going to hopefully talk and share some of the things that are going on in your church or what you've been involved in um, outreach-wise in particular. So we're going to kind of review some of the things that we've talked about in the training in the fall, and then the next session that I do, I think is at 2.40, is kind of an introduction to what we, so it'll be more in-depth at the 2.40 sessions. Does that make sense? So we'll review a few things here, but uh, just wanted you to be aware of what, of what you got yourself into, okay? And uh, Kent and Judy Anderson, my wife Judy over to the right, um, we're involved with Convoy of Hope, Rural Compassion in particular. Most of you are familiar with Convoy of Hope, but three years ago we came under the umbrella of Convoy of Hope, and it's the piece of the puzzle that's the rural piece of the puzzle. So our focus is on small town churches, pastors, leaders, and communities. And uh, the main thing that we really focus on is the area of teach, train, resource, rural pastors and churches so they'd be more intentional and uh, more strategic in their outreach efforts. So really that's what our heart is. What can we do to help the rural church connect outside the four walls of, the, of their church? Uh, and you know, I don't know if that was a picture of ours and of uh, training, but I slapped one up there anyway. So we're, we're really, in many ways, this is an alumni meeting. That's what I told Judy. Hey, this is kind of like an alumni meeting. I don't have alumni meetings a lot. So this is an alumni meeting. Progress and encouragement. And this is going to help me, whether I've met you before or not. I put it up, the reminder for a 59-year-old fuzzy-brained U.S. missionary. Um, what I'd like to do just real quickly is have everybody introduce themselves and do it quick. Okay? I don't, we don't need sermons or anything. Just stick to the script, okay? Introduce yourself, name of your church, name of your town, and the population population of your town, as specific as you can be. And I know I'm going to start with John and Barb and go for it. If you do it right, everybody else will. No pressure. Okay? He did a great... Give him a hand. He did just wonderful. Okay. Now we're not going to give standing ovations for everybody. Okay, we'll start over, then we'll keep going all the way around. Seventy seven hundred, okay. Uh Rick Mason, Waterbed Settlers Guide, Newark, Ohio, about six thousand people in the county. county. Okay. Going county on us. Okay. Okay. Dave. Okay. Let's go back to in the right hand corner. Let's go back in the right hand corner. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you could said twenty or something really impresses, but okay. 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 All right. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. You guys are well represented. You guys can start a coup here and take have a turnover or takeover. Okay. Okay. Jackson, 
Part of, oh, okay, we got another con blo voting block there, okay. Throw it out, whatever you think. No idea. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Kim Missouri um, with the uh, Harbor of Hope in St. Clairsville, Ohio, and roughly about 17,000. 17,000, okay. So I can't remember now. you got to remember. What, who was from the, you guys all mentioned, Who? where was the smallest town here then? The gentleman that represented in this group. Yeah, uh-huh. Which one? Was it, was it, Dave, was it you, Dave? Okay, all right. I'll, I just need to remember that. One of the slides that I love using in the, in the training, so those of you who are in the training, this is a rerun if you weren't in the training, but this, you can't get any more rural than that, okay? It's cow pie theology. I mean, I, you, I'm really deep in theology. This is really deep here, okay? Uh, church people are like manure. Spread them out, and they help everything grow better. Pile them up, and they stink things up. Isn't, isn't that the truth? And so that's kind of what our heart is, you know. Again, what can we do in, in, in small-town America to help us not pile up? Because when we pile up, it's the truth. I pastored in rural churches. When we piled up, we stunk it up. And we were much better, more effective when we weren't thinking about ourselves and we were looking outside the four walls and trying to connect in the community. I, I really think that's so important. Now, here's what we're going to do to begin with here. Um, and I think, Dave, this, you're, you're a second timer on this because I was going to give the whoever was represented with the smallest church, it goes with cow pie theology. It's a candy cow pie. And so I know you and Robin will probably fight over this because I think you've had one before, but you get another one just for being here. And then Judy's got a bag. Well, what we've done, we've went to Dollar Tree and Dollar General, okay? And you can look in there, pull, uh, pull a couple of those out. One of them, cowtails, you know, it kind of goes with the cow pie. Slim Jims, okay, you follow me on this? There's one, there's gum that has Bubba in the name. You know, I mean, that's got to be small town, right? Or at least redneck, maybe that is. Uh, sunflower seeds, different things along that line. So we'll just pass it through and you can pick one up. I think we got enough for everybody here. Um, so you can take your favorite kind of rural or redneck candy out of there, okay? And most of it, if you eat it all in one setting, uh, you'll probably then need to go to urgent care, okay? Because it'll clog your veins up. Trust me, it's, it's pretty tough. The other thing that we, we talked about in the training time we wanted you to think about this aspect as far as evangelism is concerned and outreach. And it's the verse, John 21, 6. Throw out the net. Remember, I had the net out quite a bit, if you, if you recall, and see what happens. That Basically, anything that we do outreach-wise, we're talking about this aspect of how are we individually, how are we throwing out the net, and then collectively as a church, we got to ask ourselves, how effectively are we throwing out the net? So that's kind of the, a rehearse a little bit of what we talked about um, in the fall. And then Mark 10.45, kind of the theme verse of the, of the training and when I share in a church too. For even the Son of Man did not come to what? Be served, but what? To serve. Okay, and so the mindset here is if we're going to do outreach in our community, then why not do it the Jesus way? I mean, if we do it the Jesus way, in all likelihood it's going to work, right? And the Jesus way was he served his way into the lives of people. And so we kind of put it in a nutshell, you serve your way into your community, it opens up the door to share your way in. 
I believe it's the most effective way to reach a community. And this doesn't just go for rural. I think it works in any size of a community. But this is the way we're focusing in the rural section in particular. Another quote, and I don't know if I use this in the, in the training as such, but it's out of a book that you got if you were part of the training called Externally Focused Church. And I love this, this mindset that comes, or this question. The question, how big is my church, should be replaced with, how big is the impact our church is making in our community? I mean, that's really the question. What kind of impact are we making in our community? How influential are we in our community? And I think further on, if you read that chapter in the book, it made a comment, if a tornado came and wiped your church off the face of the map, Two things. Would, one, would your community even know you were gone? Good question. And secondly, would your community weep because you weren't there anymore? And I, and I think there are legitimate questions. One, are, are the community that we pastor in you know, needs to know who we are, and part of the way they know who we are is that we're connecting outside the four walls of the church. We don't want to be known as the church you know, that, it, that isn't doing anything. Or even worse yet, the fighting church or the church that doesn't, you know, get along, all those different things. We want to have a niche in our community where people, when they think of us, they think, oh yeah, this is the church, that's a church that does this. And I might add, it's positive. Now I know this doesn't happen in Ohio, but some of the rural churches we work with in some districts, their reputation's bad. I know it doesn't happen in Ohio, but it happens in other districts. So sometimes it is a matter of maybe it's a reputation issue that we have, that there's, it's got, there's got to be something changed there. And I think the most effective way to change our reputation is start serving. Because again, it's the Jesus way, it works, and I think it's the most effective. Okay, we're going to do this real quick, and this would be for alumni that are, that are here. You remember when we, we came there, we had the, the semi Remember that with a load of product, everybody that came there, I think, took at least a pickup load of product back home. I'd like for a couple of you, if you would, just to share some stories how your church distributed some of the supplies that you received at the training. Okay. We had a fall harvest party in place at Halloween for our community, and we used it as advertisement for families that would bring their kids, and we had free food uh, supplies for them. So we saw a lot of people coming. Cool. Great. We sent them home with bags of food. Um, we were able to bless people. Um, they were calling the church saying they were down. They just needed a little bit of something. Huh. And our local women's center with the baby formula. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. So we were able to give them all that stuff. So. Oh, cool. Cool. So it's very positive, I take it, then, from what what you're saying there, then. So it's an opportunity to give away from ourselves. There's something about the act of kindness, again, that really does make a, a difference. Somebody else? Want to just address we, Rusty? Uh, uh, that Sunday, we just piled it all across the front of the platform. And the message I had was on evangelism. Okay. And part of it was uh, having had the ushers come up and we took, uh, I think they were snowballs, and, uh, or hobos. Yeah, two. okay. We passed them out, made sure everybody had two sets. I said, you can't eat them, <laughs> but you got to eat them. You can only eat them with someone else who doesn't know Jesus. Oh, that's a great idea. I like that. The rest of the stuff that's up here, we left it up for, I think, three weeks. The folks just came and took. Hmm. And uh, they, they knew that it was only supposed to be used to, to demonstrate God's love. That's great. We've got a lot of people that normally don't participate in evangelism. 
That's good. Do you, you want to just tell one, if well, you don't mind? Yeah, one lady, uh, she, she's got a, a uh, apartment that's not building, it's not very far from her home, and she's never really had much to do with it. Actually, probably kind of general aggravated some of the stuff from it. And she went in and started carrying this stuff around and, uh, and, and took the books also that came with it. And okay. she was handing out the product, she was handing out books too, and the apartment manager came out and saw her, and uh, she thought he was going to shut her down. And she, he asked if she could get more. Oh, isn't that and cool? So Neat. She Great. Cool, cool. And that and that's part of what this is too that we talked about. This relationship building part is a is a key thing. We'll 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 bring up a slide on that in just a second. Anybody else? Robin? Oh, okay. Isn't that cool? Hmm, it seems like I said something like that in the train. Oh, okay. I, I say in the train, I usually, because we'll do subgroups of what in the school, I'll circle bus drivers. I say, if you take coffee and donuts to your bus drivers, probably the first church in the history of your, of your town that's ever taken care of a bus driver, because a lot of times they are. Anyway, okay, interrupting myself. Or you. Cool, cool. Good. Oh, I, oh, I love that. Hmm. That's cool. Great. One more. The salt. We put the scripture on there about being the salt and the light of the world. Oh, okay. And we gave each one in our congregation two salt. One they would leave at their house to remind them that they were the salt, and the other one to give to someone and share the salt. Okay. So, if, again, if you weren't there, there was like 28 pallets of product, and it was all different kinds of product. I forgot what was on, but now you remind me what was on that truck. And, and basically, pastors took it home and then worked with their congregation of some way of distributing it. Anybody else? Another one more story, and then we'll, we'll head off into the... Cool. Ah, neat. Good. Good. Great, great. Um, in in our training, then, if you if you recall, it was like four target areas. Though we we talked about more than that, but the four main target areas that we talk about in the training, remember, is assessing needs. It's building relationships with stakeholders. We need to build relationship, good relationships. The bottom line, inside the church, but also outside the church. But stakeholders, in particular, people of influence in our community, building bridges there. Thirdly, become the best friend of the school. And fourth, is community involvement. So we talked about this area of uh, uh, community needs assessment. And you remember there were several uh, websites that we use. I just put this one back up because it's still my personal favorite. When especially when we're looking at uh, rural setting. And that's epodunk.com. You can't get any more rural than that, right? I mean, it's, it's geared for uh, rural uh, communities to find out some basic information on, on the needs. Do any of you have anything that you discovered need-wise in your community after maybe doing some of this assessment, talking to people in your community? Was there any needs maybe even that you weren't 
aware of, or maybe you were aware of and it just reinforced things. So the bottom line here is that how can we meet a need if we don't know what the legitimate need in our community is? And I think a lot of the time, I say a lot of times, some of the times we don't really know what the needs are, especially if we're an in-house church. I don't know how we would know what the legitimate needs in our community are if, if everything is pretty much pointed inward. So that's the reason we do need to discover what legitimate needs are and certainly address some of the needs. We can't do them all, but did I see? Got two here. Dave, you want to go first? And we'll go to Eric. Okay. What was it then? You. Okay, 64% free and reduced. Okay. And we discovered that many of the kids are sneaking extra food in the cafeteria and taking all. Wow. And we investigated that with the school family support specialist, and we started. Now we're 110, 108, 110 students every weekend taking home bags of food. Wow. And that was or wasn't being done before? Wow, that's huge. Cool. Good. And that probably, was that part of doing just the, some of these websites, or did you find that information? Okay, good. Man, that's a great one. Eric? We got invited on to, um, it, it came from this, was the CTT team, they call it the City Transformation Team in Hubbard. Oh, okay. Once a month I get together now with the mayor and the police chief. And wow. The city safety advisor with other pastors, and we, the mayor and them, they sit in with us, and they ask us to serve the community where we serve now. And uh, we take turns, and we're on a monthly calling list. We follow up our seniors that their kids or people have left, and they're in their, you know, up in age, and they're on medication, or they're not sure if they're making their doctor's appointments or getting their groceries. We call them as a church to check in on them, make sure wow. they're doing okay. Also, um, uh, a lot of domestic abuse. Uh, hmm. We ride along with our police officers. They welcome wow. and invite it. Um, we take turns on all shifts. But the big thing is, is we're on cards for counseling or spiritual advisory now to where an officer, if they meet somebody in a domestic abuse um, abuse case or kids or aren't listening or whatever, they call us and say, can we give you this our number to this person? Hmm. And these people will call us and we'll meet with them as a church community. We meet and counsel with these families instead of trying to drag them off to jail. Hmm. They're trying to give them... Right. Second chance. So that was the big thing we saw cover. We didn't qualify hmm. for the shoes. shoes okay. Like we just okay. Oh, how close? I would say. I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you probably should check it through again. And actually, sometimes, well, I'll talk about the shoes in just a second in case you don't know what we're talking about here. But th- there's opportunity for maybe to ask, help resource churches with, with shoes. And you guys did the shoes, right? But you got to have at least 50% or more free and reduced lunch. Uh, but it's worth checking into and actually talking to the school themselves. Sometimes their numbers are more current than... Yeah, we were like but, at, wow, like 41 or 42. Okay, probably have to be a little higher than that. But anyway, okay. All right, man, that's great. Sarah. Super. Sarah, or did you? Okay.
Sure. And remember, this is this is all, all these storylines. You're you're basically you're throwing out the net, right? In every one of these cases, and let's see what happens. So that's that's the whole idea here. Is that the bottom line is if we aren't throwing out the net, why in the world would anything happen? Okay. I mean, if we're not even trying to do something outside the four walls, why should anybody come to our church? That's the bottom line. Is if we're not building relationships, that's how people get connected to God through relationships, and uh, they're more likely to come to your church if you're connecting with people. Not, not everybody's going to, but that, that's, that's a good one too. Somebody else want an, anything else on the need side? Because that really, what Eric said, kind of plays into somewhat the next thing that we talked about, and that is this idea of developing these relationships with people outside your church um, and in the training, we take a little more time on this. Some of you remember, or maybe some of you don't, but the idea that we need to be developing relationships too with people outside our church flavor or with people that don't have a church flavor. You follow me on this? And so it's pretty clear that that's kind of what Jesus was all about. He didn't just hang out in the synagogue or the temple. It's very clear that he rubs shoulders with anybody and everybody, in fact. So we're talking about these community stakeholders, and I put the mayor up, but remember we got on on the walls and listed all the community stakeholders, and you guys did a great job there. But I love this one-liner, and I don't even know who said it. It wasn't me, but it's a great one. We are responsible for contact, not conversion, but we are responsible for contact. We can't get away from that one. That that's part of what we as Christians have to be about. And that is making, making the contact. So very important. How about some, and I, some of you already kind of mentioned uh, some connections you've had, but somebody got a story or line or two about just the community stakeholder side where you made some kind of a connection and it's been a positive thing. Somebody got a story there? Just we'll go to you guys first. You're going to have a story, right? Yeah, okay. Go. Somebody's got to start. Better than a poke in the eye, right? Yeah. Huh? Come on! Wow, that's cool. That that relationship thing—you just you you can't. It's so very important because really, that's that's think about Jesus. The relationships that he built. We're here today doing this because of relationships that he built two thousand years ago with kind of a motley crew for the most part, the disciples. And it, it's amazing the spinoff from effective uh, relationships. Uh, somebody else. Storyline? 
when it comes to just, yeah? Cool. And Good. And that's another thing that we talked about, and you may recall way, way now, you know, we, we showed those that, well, I only showed one website, epodunk.com, as far as finding out where the needs are. The other thing about building relationships with these stakeholders in your community is that they often know the needs of the community in a more defined way than we do. Because they're there. So, you know, the mayor, or, I, I, I say it this way, if you really want to know what's going on in your town, and I don't even know if I said this in the training, uh, Judy and I were talking, we said we really need to probably reshare this storyline, but you go and you, you get in contact with a social worker, and you'll find out what's going on in your town. And you'll find out, you know, they can't share everything, but most social workers can give you an idea, and you'll find out your, your town's not squeaky clean is what it comes down to. There are a lot of very huge needs that, you know, we were sitting, I guess, at uh, supper last night, and I, 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 one of the pastors there was saying, and it was down in the, what, southeastern part of Ohio, the biggest issue in the rural areas there is heroin. I mean, who would have ever thought that? I mean, we're thinking, 25 years ago, we're thinking Mayberry RFD. You know, I mean, Opie throwing a spitwad was a big deal. Now you're talking heroin addiction in these little towns. So we've got to understand that we do really do need to recognize the need in our community. And sometimes these stakeholders, if not all the time, they at least know that. And we, we talked about when you're talking to a stakeholder, this idea of just, just saying, hey, you know what, our church, whatever it is, we really want to be more involved in the community. What do you think a church should be doing in the community? Give them the opportunity to share. You might, you'll be shocked, I think, to find out just how invested they are and just how much they know. And again, you can't do everything they tell you that they, you think you should do, but you're opening up the door, you're building the bridge, which is so, so very important. So, another storyline here? Stakeholder-wise? I'm trying to think. I think the other couple of stories that I was thinking probably relates. Well, I'll do this because... Some of you, and I don't know if any of you have had opportunity yet to connect, because we think some of the stakeholders, especially in rural settings, but it'd be the same way in a city or everything in between, are your, your police, your firefighter, and your emergency management. And one of the ways that we love to help uh, rural churches to kind of jumpstart maybe an outreach is to connect with the police, firefighter, EMS, get, uh, build a relationship with the chief or the, the management uh, coordinator, and uh, see if... You could do something like a hero day. You don't have to call it a hero day because there's other names for it. But where you're offering to feed, the, let's, well, I'll just use the firefighters. i got a firefighter Bible here. You're offering to, we'd like to do a meal in honor of the firefighters, include their families. Uh, usually the pastor will share a little five-minute sermonette on the importance of serving and you're like Jesus and you're our heroes, that type of thing. And then at the end of that uh, 
Hero Day, then every firefighter is given just a beautiful leather-bound Bible. It's geared to firefighters, and uh, you can see this. We, we really expect you as a church to inscribe the name and the badge number of each firefighter on these Bibles. And it, I'm telling you, this has been a home run and a half for churches that have invested in the heroes. And we got police Bibles and EMS Bibles. I don't know, some of you have already seen these, but you can pass it around if, if you just wanted to take a look at it. So that might be an, an entryway for you to really be a blessing to someone in your community where it's another opportunity to build the relationship. Um, church in Texas that we've dealt with. In fact, um, what was it, maybe a month and a month and a half ago, you may have read the storyline. It was in uh, the Pentecostal Evangel News, Grosbeck, Texas. If you haven't, if those of you are on my mailing list, you're going to get the story. Okay, so you're going to find out if I'm telling you the truth or not. But uh, it's just an unbelievable story of a church that the district thought was closed. It's, it's really a long storyline of what communication and different things that took place. But this young man comes and is the, is the speaker at a church that had a, just 10 people in it, I think, on a Sunday that the district thought it was closed. The church didn't know it was closed. I mean, it's just quite a storyline. He gets there and the reputation of the church is about as bad as any reputation you could have. The building was in about as bad a shape as any building that you could ever have because he said while he was speaking, he looks out and he could see through the wall and see the leaves on a tree. So, I mean, the building wasn't anything too fancy. The reputation stunk. And they had about 10 people in church, okay? So, I mean, it had just about everything you could have against you, okay? And this is three years ago when he came there, and then the district actually recognized the fact that church was open. They run over 100 today, okay? In a church that really, if you looked at it, probably from the, from the natural eye should have been closed, Okay, you follow me on this? So, but that pastor and church with the 10 people, they started throwing out the net. And in particular, they threw out the net towards the firefighters. And uh, they did the hero day. But, but here's the key, and we talked about this in the training, is that one of the things that we AG people at are, are just almost, we're, we're experts at, and I call it this, the one and done. We do something, and that's, the, that's all we do. We do the event, and it's over. There's little or no follow-up, and then maybe we think about doing it a year from now. We do it, pat ourselves on the back, and then say, let's do it. And then, a lot of times when the next Sunday comes and nobody shows up, it's like, man, nobody even came. Okay? We do one thing and we expect 50 people to come, okay? which isn't very practical, really. It's not that 50 people couldn't come, okay? but I'll tell you the story in Grosbeck, Texas. Because in the trainings, we say this, you might remember, if you're going to do the hero day, then you're already going to have four other touches already set up with the firefighters. So in the six-month period or so, you're not only going to do the hero day, you're maybe going to bring coffee and donuts, you're maybe going to send a team down there to clean the vehicle, remember that? So that you're following up, it's one, not just one touch. This church did that after a training, they did several touches, and it just so happened it worked that the Easter was about six to eight months away at that time, and so they thought, we're going to continue these touches, and then when Easter comes, we're going to make it a point to invite the firefighters to the uh, Easter Sunday. And that Easter Sunday, it tripled the size of the church. That many, and it wasn't very big, but, it, but that's how many firefighters and their families came. And now at that church, they have seven firefighter families coming to the, that's part of that hundred. And if you go on a Sunday, there will be at least two fire trucks in the parking lot. 
And he said the other day, he said an alarm went off and he lost, you know, basically a third or half of his church. But I know some churches that have lost half of their church, but it wasn't for a good reason. Hello? I'd rather lose them because they're firefighters, huh? Then they're ticked off about the color of the carpet. You follow me on this one? And so, I mean, that, it, it's a great storyline. But that's not the only story that, you know, I could share. So this idea of, of, again, making these contacts with people of influence in your community are really, really important. And it really does. It kind of helps put you back on the map in some ways. And, you know, in some cases, when you haven't really been outside your four walls a lot, it's almost like you better do a, we are here. And maybe you need to follow that with an apology even. We talk about that in the training. Maybe you need to go on an apology tour. I mean, we just really haven't done much, but we want to really get involved in the community. You know, something along that line. I think You'd be surprised how much that really opens it. Anybody else have another storyline on, on that? Uh, did you guys do anything with... Okay, I couldn't. Anybody yet do anything with firefighters, police, or emergency management? I just, we do enough of these, I don't remember who has and who hasn't. And I'm 59 years old, I always use that for an excuse, okay? I got a fuzzy brain. The cost of the Bibles, basically, they go for, we actually get them at uh, Christian Book Distributors, CBD, uh, I guess it is, and they're about $17 a Bible. Um, but if, if we've got an application process, if that's what you want to go through, and typically it's first come, first serve, and we can provide up to 24 Bibles for you. Okay, So if, we always say, if you've got fund, some funding and you want to pay for some of the Bibles, we aren't going to tell you no. And if you've got funding for the Bibles, don't, don't take Bibles that's another church that can't even pay their pastor. You follow me on this? Okay, so, but we want to help any way that we can in this. And we have thousands of Bibles have went through. And and the other idea here is that oftentimes rural churches, some of you know this very, very well. I mean, some of you are bivocational, I'm guessing, or if not, you mean you're not being, probably none of you are making 10,000 a week. Hey, I'll throw it out that way, okay? But if you're bivocational and a church can't pay a pastor full-time, there's a good chance they don't have $5,000, that church, in their outreach fund. So if we can help jumpstart something for you, I mean, we want to do that. That's why we're U.S. missionaries, and that's why we're mission. Part of what we do raising money is we raise funds for resourcing, too. Not only to put food on the table, but we want to help you. So if we can be of help to you, we certainly want to do that. Okay, let's do the school connections here. What ways have you connected with your local school, even though some of you have already talked a little bit about that? But our heart is simply this, especially in a rural setting, but it should be this case anyway. I can tell you a storyline where I was in a church in the inner city of Chicago. Uh, Bel- I can tell, say the name of the church. Belmont Assembly, one of the coolest churches I think I've ever been in. I mean, it had, it, it was, it had every mixture of it. I mean, you name the uh, ethnic group and it was involved in, in the church. Anyway, I talked about this as part of a missions, but I talked about connecting with the school and the pastor came to me and goes, you know, we're, we do some outreach, but we've, we've never even thought about doing anything in the school. So this is a city here. He said, well, we're going to do something. And within like a week, he sent me an email about he went to the principal. There was a school really close to him. And they, I mean, the principal was just open-armed. Because a lot of times, the, maybe in the bigger cities, they aren't maybe as open-armed as maybe a rural setting. It's just kind of the way it is. But it, this, this idea of blessing your school should really be on, at the forefront of no matter what. But I think especially in a rural setting, because if you still have a school in your community, 
The bottom line is that is the hub of your community. And so we better become the best friend of our school. And I remember talking to a principal one time and I was asking him about, you know, churches in town. It really wasn't, there, there wasn't a church we were working with. I can't remember the whole situation. But anyway, I was talking to him and I said, so, you know, are the churches doing, I always ask principals, are the churches doing anything in your town with you? And his, he just looked at me like I was from Mars. And then he made this comment. He goes, man, he goes, the only time I hear from a church is they compl- are complaining. Church people just complain. That's all they do. And a lot of the times we're much better at nitpicking than coming up with a solution. And there may be a bad book in the library, but, I mean, we shouldn't have, go on a revolt. Now, we, might, we should deal with it, but the fact of the matter is our schools are there with kids in them, and that's the future of America let alone our town, what can we do to be a blessing to our school? So how, can you, is there some other stories out there connecting with the school? We, in, in doing the new project, and even before that, have made contact with the family service lady, and she is the one we're working with. Okay. Cool. Wow. And she's invited me to an appreciation dinner. She was only allowed to invite two people. She said, I couldn't do my job without you. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's great. Anybody else got a school story? Even though I think a couple school stories have kind of been told. I've been working at getting information in and through the police memorial day service that we're doing in our community. The mayor gave me that task of doing that. And I wanted the school to come in and have the high school band play. It's a very tight-knit community to play like the Star Spangled Banner or whatever, something like that. Mm-hmm. So they gave me the contact administrator, whoever you want to call her, from the high school. I now have her information and have already sent an email out in regards to So now there's a, that connection's being made to where now I can get into how can we help you with the teachers or whatever. Cool. Uh, That's great. Day, that kind of stuff. Huge. Yeah. So it That's took good. A little while, but yeah. Well, some of these, it's not going to be overnight in a lot of cases. It's going to be, you're going to have to plod through things. I mean, that's rural America, too. I mean, it, it, most people, they're kind of more on the plodding side. But I tell you what, when you start making these connections, one thing is, in a rural setting, you win somebody over, man, you won them over. You won them over for life. I mean, that's just the way it is in, in the rural setting. They may look at you for a little while and see if you're the real deal, that kind of thing. But when you win somebody over, it can be really huge. It's kind of like an, an open door uh, situation. Somebody else got a school storyline here that you want to share? Another thing, just so that, you, or as a reminder too, is that we also uh, resource churches with backpacks. It's first come, first serve. Again, when it comes to the backpacks, and there's an application process that uh, you fill out that we have. Um, on our, actually, it's on our website, ruralcompassion.org. If you go there, the home page, and scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a link for backpacks. So that might be something that we can help you with as far as just kind of jump-starting, whether it's a back-to-school, whether it's a weekend feeding program, however you can use it, uh, you know, or go to the principal and say, I've got access to some backpacks. You know, however you want to do that, that's up to you. But, again, we want to give you that opportunity to... Uh, Help jumpstart. And this kind of goes into what uh, 
Dave and Robin had said. This isn't quite your deal, but it's close to it. It's the underwear deal. I think I, sh- I showed this at the training, but I, I can't help it. This is such a great storyline here. This was actually in Iowa, and similar to your school, um, an Iowa church got a hold of the principal and basically said, hey, we got access to school supplies. Uh, would that be something that would be helpful? And he said, well, school supplies and backpacks would be helpful for our kids, but he said, what we need is underwear. He said, we got dozens of kids coming to school without underwear on. And I always tell people, if you've got dozens of kids coming to your school with underwear on, you got some issues there. And it wasn't a style statement. It was because the parents didn't have enough uh, funds for underwear. So they did this drawer deal, and they, they called it Undie Sunday. I don't know what you called yours, but it doesn't matter. Undie Sunday, and I don't know if you well, I don't want to trip over a cord. You probably can't read this, but this to me, this is cutting edge for a rural church, okay? If you can read that sign. To, it says, please drop your drawers here. Now that is, I don't care what you say, that is just one, one great liner. And then it ends in the name, in Jesus' name. So I mean, they tried to be spiritual about dropping your drawers. But anyway, that's, and then this is what happened here, and this is what happens so often when we start reaching in, when we start serving, is that what they found out is kind of what you guys found out, is that not only were un, was underwear needed, then they, they found out that it was like t-shirts, then they found out it was socks, so they've, they've expanded beyond uh, Undie Sunday. It looks like they did this in October, but they're doing it on just about a monthly basis now. And my joke at the training was this when I talked to that pastor and found out what he had done and and it was going so well. I said, you know what you're going to be known for in town, right? The first church of the fruit of the loom. Huh? But I'm telling you what, I'd rather be known as the underwear church than the church that split five years ago. You follow me on this? And so uh, that, that we've got to be known for something in town. And I, I always like to say this. What is your niche in your community? What If somebody, again, when you went to people in your community, what would they say about your church? Again, would they say anything? Could be a question. Or what they say, would it be negative? Or is there something going on through the life of your church that you're known for in the community that, oh yeah, that's the church, that. And... Hopefully it's something positive. I just really believe that, that God, and this probably isn't theologically correct, but hey, I'm a rural, I can't help it. That's the only thing. I've, I've, uh, I've scooped too much manure over the years. But I think God has kind of a thumbprint for your church and certain things that only it's almost only your church can do in your community. So part of that is, we can throw out great ideas, but part of it is you need to bring some people together and start praying and finding out what God's heart for outreach is in your community. Because some of the nets you're going to hum need to be have nothing to do with anything that we say. It's got to be something that really comes from the heart of God. And those typically are the best anyway. Not that you can't use some of these ideas. That's what I always tell churches. I'm not telling you to do this, but I'm not telling you not to either. Because it might be something that really could benefit uh, your community. Anything else uh, in the school side of things? Yeah, okay. Sure. The the connection that we use it's it's a company called Blue Source, and uh, if so, I mean if you're at a position where you're not rural or you, that type of thing, if you go to Blue Source, you'll find these, and they go for about three. Well, it depends on how many you buy, but basically about three seventy-five a backpack. They're seventeen-inch. It's a nice backpack. I mean, it's not overly fancy, but it's and there's like four colors to this, and I don't remember all the colors. Uh, in fact, you can pass that around too, just so you can get a feel for it. And uh, it's it's always free shipping. They'll drop ship it right to your door, so you you should never have to pay shipping. 
uh, for the backpacks. We, we never have, anyway. So the, I, the, the way it works with us, let's say you ask for backpacks, and it's, I think we can do up to two cases, which would be 48 backpacks, okay? Um, we basically, if, if, again, you're approved for backpacks, and again, it's first come, first serve, we've got the backpacks available. Last year we did 10,000 in rural settings, okay, just to give you an idea on that. We'll basically, we'll drop ship them right to your door. We'll just basically call in the order and it comes to you. And we say the same thing um, to uh, you as we would with the Bibles. If you can help with some, to pray some of the costs, great. If you can't, we understand that. Is that the 15-minute mark? Or, or is that somebody calling you? Oh, okay, that's good. Oh, okay. Okay. I know one church, we, and I just heard this too, um, They again, it was their first really encounter at the school, and the pastor had been there quite a while. They just hadn't done anything with the school. And uh, he, he, the principal, I mean, it was very receptive from the start, and I'm not saying that that's going to be the case with you, but very receptive. He took them to the teacher's lounge, and I mean, when they got in there, they about cried. It was a pit. And so they just decided on the spot, he just went for went for the juggler and said, could we adopt the teacher's lounge here? And we'll just take care of it. If you, if you would care, we'll paint it. We'll, you know, get the cure cups for the, for the coffee. We'll provide, you know, that type of thing. And, and it, again, it just really popped the door open for this church that really hadn't done, I mean, this is the message Bible, diddly squat. Uh, you can interpret that however you want, but they just hadn't done anything. And it's just unbelievable when you, again, it's just serving. Am I not right? When we serve, typically we get more out of it than the people we serve. Why is it? Because Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. It's a Jesus deal. That's why, I think that's why it's a big, I'll get preaching here if I'm not careful. Okay, community involvement. What ways are you connecting with your community? We'll do this. Uh, We'll try to do this in five minutes or so. Did I go by the slide, or maybe I didn't include it, which I should have. I'll do this while you're thinking about that. Did I go by a shoe slide or not? Okay, I don't know why I didn't put that up there. Okay, I got it, I know, in the next one. This is, here, we're talking about the shoes as a possibility. These are what the shoes look like anyway. They're casual shoes. They're Tom shoes. Uh, If you don't know what they are, most kids know what they are, okay? Uh, Maybe in very, very rural communities. Maybe some kids don't know what a Tom Shoe is, but Convoy of Hope partner within the last three years partner with Tom Shoes, and I think the history lesson is this. We, rural Compassion has been on the map going on 11, 12 years, but in the last three years, we came under the ministry umbrella of Convoy of Hope, and for about six, seven years, we were doing shoes, but we were collecting them ourselves. We got three, four, five thousand shoes in a year. I mean, we would do the Tarzan thing. We were so happy about that. Three years ago, partnered with Tom Shoes, we were able to get into rural church hands and rural kids, 30,000 pair. So we went from about five to 30. Two years ago, 60,000. This past year, 100,000 shoes. I mean, it's just been unbelievable. If you'd have told me 11 years ago we'd be doing 100,000 pair of shoes, I'll be honest with you, I'd like to tell you, I know we would. 
would have. No, I would have laughed at you. We didn't have a pack of pencils to give to a rural pastor. Just amazing what God does when you throw out the net. Even as a missions organization, you had to throw out the net. So here's how it works. If you, you're eligible if you have 50% or more free and reduced lunch in your school, and then you have to be at least 15 miles away from any kind of a Tom's, a store that sells Tom's shoes. We usually say it this way. If you're 15 miles away from a mall, you're in, probably, you qualify. Okay, everything's done at the school. The cool thing is you could be eligible to up to 500 pair of shoes. Okay, and if you follow me on this, and some of you are, you're doing the math, you're thinking, man, I can put a shoe on just about every kid in the school. And that's what a lot of these rural churches are doing. So anyway, that's another thing that uh, we have. And at this point in time, again, do the, they, they go for about 50 bucks a pop. 500 pair, you do the math. Okay. And right now, Tom's, at this point, is paying for the shipping. The cost, Zippo. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and it, again, last year, 100,000 pair of shoes. So, okay, it's a great way to connect with the school. And, you know, anytime you connect with the school, the bottom line is you're connecting with your community, especially in a rural setting. Uh, that's just the way it is. Community involvement here. I think we've got 10 minutes left. Is that right? I think that's right. Okay, community involvement. Anybody have any storyline? What, what we often say in the training is, oftentimes in rural settings, but it happens any size town, but somebody else creates an event, pays for the event, organizes the event, everything's done, we just need to find our niche in the event. And uh, we can't be involved in every event in our community. But anybody have a, just a quick storyline just on, the, on that side of community involvement that's taken place since the fall that you've... Yeah? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's better promo or PR than an ad in a paper any day. That's one thing about community. If, it's, if what we're doing is positive, okay, I mean, no amount of marketing money can, can really do what that relationship building, that involvement in the school, the involvement in the community can do for us. There's just something. And word of mouth in rural, I, I, I kidded. I don't know if I said this in training or not. It just comes to my mind. But, I mean, I grew up in a town of 500, okay? You might remember that or you might not. But it was four blocks of town, basically. But it wasn't uncommon for me to come from four blocks away to my house, walk in the door, and my mom spanks me. Doesn't even say nothing. Some lady on the other side of town ratted me out. I mean, that's rural, right? I mean, they know what's going on. They know if you do good, and they know if you stink it up, okay? That's why I tell pastors this all the time. I mean, if your reputation is bad, you don't think everybody in town, for the most part, already knows that? So, I mean, why even, why even act like it's, it isn't? I mean, I think you just be honest and say, you know, we haven't been what we should, but we want to be better, you know, that type of a thing when you're addressing. Uh, anybody else got a community involvement type storyline or scenario? Days where they okay, gave, good. The city gave all the churches a free cable booth. Oh, okay. People was coming to hang out, so we 
stole hot dogs and did a silent auction and then handed out flyers for our women's ministry events that were going on and, and then our uh, fall harvest party that we were doing. So people came to you. You just sat hmm. there and that's, there, there it is. They're coming to you. You're not even going, not even going out and tackling people or anything. Not that you should ever do that, but that, that's the beauty again of this whole idea of addressing or, or doing something outside the the four walls. You know, the, throughout the net. There's a church in Salem, Illinois. Great storyline here. Came to a training. Oh, it's been now over a year ago. And uh, they put an outreach team together, and I really didn't address that. Maybe we should talk about that in the next eight minutes. But they did put an outreach team together, and we really stressed that. Man, if you've got people in your church that have a heart for outreach, man, get them together. Why in the world wouldn't we want to get them together? Let them do some of the assessing of the needs. Let them talk about some of the stakeholders you need to connect with. Let them talk about the school and find out some of the issues there in the community, what you can be involved in. But anyway, they decided to do this. They threw out the net in this way. I'm not telling you to do this, but this is what they do. So they call it the We Love Salem Initiative. And they began, first of all, with they did a Teacher of the Month Award. Okay? And they brought a little gift basket or whatever was in that and just would... And man, it was a big deal. Again, anytime... It's really amazing to me. Small things really make a big difference in our life. And I, I just say it this way. Most of us come to Jesus because somebody loved us in the kingdom, not because somebody hit us over the head with the Holy Ghost billy club. Most of us came because we were served into the kingdom. But anyway, then they went from the teacher of uh, the month. They do that still. Then they added business of the month. And then they added organization of the month. They don't do anything in the summer, but it's during the school year is when they do these awards. And it's just, it's really been a great opportunity. And it was a church that, again, wasn't really on the map in the community. And since they've been doing that, and Pastor Ricky has even told me, he'll be walking down the street and somebody on the other side of the street will go, Hey, Pastor! And he'll turn and look and he'll say, Man, I never, I just, hey, you know, we'll do one of those if you don't know who they are. Yeah, hey, hi. Love what you guys are doing over there at your church. It's just kind of cool because you get connected in certain ways, and then I think they're good ways to be connected. Okay, so you know that that's just one idea of, of many. And here, let's close. We got about five minutes. Um, positives and negatives in your outreach efforts so far. Some thumbs up and some thumbs down experience. I know that some of you, you know. Typically what we like, and I don't want to focus on a bunch of negatives, but usually there's something that maybe hasn't worked like you hoped that it had. Does that make sense? Yeah, but maybe none of you have had anything that has been on the, more on the frustrating side. But sometimes, sometimes it's good to just say this is what, what, where we're at with that. And it's good for us to know, too. And, and again, I don't want this to, us to leave on a on a downer because we're going to leave on an upper. I'll tell you a good story and that'll just change everything. Anybody had anybody had a little clunky time with something in particular? Just learned you got to space and pace. Well, that's good. Every program. All right. No, I, and that's true. And in, in the training, I always say if especially in a church-wide training, I'll tell the church people this. I go, if you think you know, brother pastor and sister pastor, if you think they're, they're the ones that have to do all the outreach, then expect this. You're expect to be voting on another pastor in about two years because they're going to burn out. That's why this outreach team is so very important. But the pace side of things, you can't, you can't rush into everything that you do or the other side of the, if you try to take on too many things. You've got to know your capacity. That's probably a good way to say it. And you've got to live within that capacity. Um, two. Somebody else? That's a, that's a very good point. Somebody else? I thought it was... 
I think we've run up against that maybe more than anything else is this capacity side, especially in the rural side in a smaller church. It isn't like you have 100 to 200 to 300 people, you know, already in the, in the stable, so to speak, and you just take a percentage of that. When, you're, when your numbers aren't what they are, you've you got to work, though, with what you have, right? And in some cases, it may be you doing the bulk to begin with, but you've got to bring people in. With you. There's, there's just that, that team aspect of things is, is so very important. Uh, yeah? Ken, this is actually going back to your last slide. I was wondering, typically, I know there's no set rule, but what you've heard of about these awards, what, what was a typical teacher of the month award, a typical business of the month award? Yeah, um, I probably should be able to tell you more. It, it was basically they did more of a basket and in the teachers, they, they probably made it a little bit more with even like school supplies and that type of thing for the classroom even and found out what the teacher just personally could use in the classroom along with just some kind of food and snack, that type of item. The business side of thing was probably more like a, like a fruit basket or something along that line. That I, I think they went along more along that line with the other two. Um, but I, I'll tell you what. I can give you Rick. I can get you Rick's contact. You can talk to him direct. He'd he'd love to talk to you. Uh, yep. Oh yeah, I forgot. And I think when, yeah, that was, that's great, Gene. I'm glad you uh, said that. Because when your church people come and they say, hey, even with a teacher, if you meet a teacher and you've had a teacher be the teacher of the month, whether it's that teacher or not, you could say who you're from. I guarantee them teachers remember. Business people, if you go in there and buy a few things and say, oh, by the way, I'm from such and such a church. You're the business, you know, that had been a, that was a big deal. The problem with that church, I think it was, is they had one of the bars being one of the main business of the month, and they lost a bunch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a good one there. Huh? Oh, I, th- I about had you on that one. Um, one one storyline, i got two minutes here. One story, and this just happened uh, uh, this week, and I'm trying to think. It was a church in Texas that we just had a training there, and they took some of the product. goes back to the product, but they took some of the product to the school, and the, the, the various product that came together was they were able to put product together to make kind of a, a, kind of a gift baskets for the teachers. It's a very small town, so they were able basically to give every teacher basically some, some little bit of a gift basket. That was, and that really was their first experience really going outside the four walls in many ways, plus touching the school. And again, they, they had five follow-up already put together for that, but I, I just got the email, in fact, this, this trip on the way here to, to Columbus, and the pastor was, was just thrilled because they're shooting towards the Easter service as doing some special invitations to school and different things. They've already had two teachers and their families come to church, and, uh, and, and again, it, it comes back to this, if we aren't throwing out the net, don't expect, if you aren't throwing out the net towards the school, why would any teacher come to your you know, you're not throwing out the net toward a firefighter. Why in the world would they want, why would they come? And so let's throw it out. Let's just see what happens. Huh? Uh, and it's an act of faith. We make the first move. I think it's biblical. Draw nigh to God and what? He draw, we make the first move, then God moves.
Okay, there, and it goes. That's the same thing with outreach. Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, come together today. And and Lord, we we know we've got to reach our community. And God, we need fresh ideas, new ideas. We need your ideas. And God, we we want to be effective in our town. We want to be influential through you. Oh God, we literally want not only us but our people to be Jesus with skin on to our community. May we offer up a cup of cold water in your name. It could be in the form of a a police Bible. It could be in the form of cookies and donuts. Whatever the form is, Lord, we're going to offer it up in your name. Throw out the net and let's just see what happens. We give you all the praise and thanks. In Jesus' name we do pray. We say, Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for putting up with me again. Keep, make sure you keep in touch, and if you have questions about any of the resourcing, we sure want to help you any way that we can. God bless.